0: We're in the book of Matthew, chapter 2, and uh, I've been in this series called Hero Worship because Christmas time is a season of wonder and uh, it's a season of worship. Um, and we are up until like yesterday, we're having Christmas in July up here. My friend Chris Michelson, I was in Pakistan with him, and uh, we were talking about when, when to come down. And, and uh, he's going to be in Nicaragua for a bunch of meetings in February, so he wanted to come in January because he wanted to go snowmobiling. And you know what? We were looking for places to snowmobile, they don't even have snow, but Cook City! So maybe it is time to pray for snow. I haven't been praying for it, but (laughs) anyway, I'm grateful for the snow that's out today. So, um, I've been studying the story of the wise men because they came to worship the Lord. Now, worship is a subject that I often don't feel like I'm an expert on, Uh, and and yet I've enjoyed putting this together, teaching on the subject of worship. So the Lord really put something in my spirit this week, and I want to highlight the story here. Matthew chapter 2, the first two verses, I'll read these and pray. After Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea in the days of Herod the king, behold, wise men from the east came to Jerusalem and saying, Where is he who has been born king of the Jews? For we have seen his star in the east, and we have come to worship him. All right, let's pray. Father, I just thank you today for your amazing, amazing plan for our lives. You, You stepped down from eternity and we just want to be here in your house to bless you and honor you. And I pray we just get a revelation of just how holy, sacred, and wonderful you are in the mighty name of Jesus. And everybody said, amen, amen and amen. Now, I, I was thinking about you know, some of the coolest worship experiences I've ever had. And they did come for me in the Holy Land. I remember being in Jerusalem at the Western Wall. Man, that was a wonderful place to walk around praising the Lord. I'm, I had a wonderful communion, service with my wife at the garden tomb. That was great. But I was thinking about my night in the Bedouin tent back in 2013, man. We were in the middle of this tour, and it was an uncomfortable day. We hiked Masada. It's 117 degrees out. And then after that, they dipped us in the Dead Sea, which we floated around. You smell like, you know, like salt. You can't even believe it. How, so it was uncomfortable. <clears throat> and then That night, they put us up at a Bedouin tent in the middle of the desert. And to be honest with you, when I was there, I thought it was ridiculous. I was like, I want my hotel. I want to go to bed. I want to shower. (laughs) But you know what I remember was um, there was uh, uh, an event going on there with a guy named Lou Engel with the call. And they were having like a worship thing. And a bunch of people who were there, they're charismatics. They ran up. They wanted to worship the Lord. But I was thinking to myself, I'm going to go take a shower right now because I'm willing to bet when this worship service is over, them showers are going to be full of people. So you know what I did? I went and took my shower. I popped some sleeping pills, praise God. And I just kind of sat back up there and I was just worshiping the Lord, laying on my back in a cool night. And I think when I woke up, my wife told me she didn't get a shower because they were overran with people. <laughs> I felt like taking a shower in that moment was a wise move, man. I had a great time worshiping the Lord, laying there. And, and you know that night I even had a dream. God spoke to me. It was pretty incredible. So I want to just teach this morning on how you can worship wisely. Because these are the wise men. They're called the Magi. They were astrologers. They came from the east. And scholars believe that these men were from a school that the prophet Daniel had set up in Babylon. And what they were studying was the prophecy in Numbers chapter 24 that said a star will arise in Jacob. They've seen his star, they said, and they came to worship him. So they, they noticed that there was a star and their, their eyes were looking. So, you know, when they came, the whole thing bothered King Herod. I mean, the maniacal King Herod was very insecure. He was worried that he would lose his kingship. So King Herod, being King Herod, he crafted a very subtle plan. And I want to jump on down to the seventh verse. It tells us that Herod, when he secretly, someone say secretly, when he secretly called the wise men, it says they determined from them what time the star had appeared and he sent to Bethlehem and uh, he said, go and search carefully for the young child and when you found him, bring back word to me that I also may go and worship him. So this just grabbed me because I want to highlight the first way you can worship God. You want to know how you worship God as a wise man? You have to worship with sincerity because you know who's not sincere here? is the disingenuous, dishonest King Herod. He's full of deceit and hypocrisy. You know, hypocrisy comes from a Greek word that is describing an actor. uh, An actor who dons a costume and assumes a character. That's what the Greek word for hypocrite comes from. A hypocrite is someone who dons a public persona that's actually at odds with themselves, their true self. So here you got Herod. A pretentious, disingenuous, deceptive man. Let me tell you how deceptive King Herod was. One of the coolest places we got to go to Israel, like my favorite venue over there, is a place called Caesarea Maritima. That's where Paul was kept in prison. It was the largest port in Israel in that time in the world. And then it was incredible. They had like a hippodrome there where they we used to race chariots. You, we got to walk around that and see all that. They had massive places. But when Herod decided to build Caesarea Maritima, he sent a letter to Augustus Caesar. And in the ancient world, it would take like a year for that letter to get there, go through litigation, and then back. So it was like a two-year period. Well, before Herod sent the letter, just as he sent it, he'd already started working on the city. Because he knew that Augustus would probably say not to do it. And so when he got word back from Augustus two years later that he shouldn't proceed with that, he'd already had most of the bill. He was a very deceptive person, King Herod. And you can kind of hear... The disingenuineness and the pontification in his voice. I also, he said, want to come worship the king. Real worship requires sincerity. You know what that is? That's an honesty before God. Herod secretly called the wise men. But the trouble with God is that he sees things in secret. You know that? He's looking at the heart. He sees what's really taking place up in your heart and mind. In fact, I like what Hebrews says, all things are naked and open to the eyes of him with whom we have to do. You ain't gonna hide nothing from him. He sees what's going on in secret things in your heart and mind. You know, we approach God by faith. Without faith, it's impossible to please God. He that comes to God must believe that he is and that he's a rewarder of them that seek him. So when you go to God, you go in faith. You, 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 that's how you walk with him. That's how you get to know. But we should also be honest with God. Man, I try to be When I'm, you know, dealing with the Lord, when I come to him in prayer, when I'm worshiping before the Lord, I a lot of times just have to be honest and bear my soul before him. The good, the bad, and the ugly. I might just tell him the truth, throw myself at his feet and ask for his mercy. And I'm so grateful he shows up that because what he's after is a sincere heart. You know what sincerity does is it fosters trust. Openness over time with somebody produces trustworthiness. And I feel like too many people approach God as if they're like King Herod. Like, you know, they're not really honest with themselves. Consequently, they're not honest with others. If you're not honest with people, how can you be honest with God? You can fool people, but you can't fool God. I mean, think about it. Do you think the Lord trusts you? That's such a great question. God did not trust King Herod, but he did trust the wise men. Because the next verses you'll read, he warned them in dreams at night. And he said, go back another way. He revealed secrets to them. See, God shares secrets with people that he can trust. And and if, if you have a sincere, honest walk with the Lord, where he can see in secret places in your heart, I'm telling you, that's a place where he starts sharing secret things with you. See, sincere people are people who are free of double talk. They don't say one thing and do another. That that was Herod's game. He said, I want to come and I want to worship the king too. You know, there's just something sacred about telling the truth. I'm just telling you. There's something precious and beautiful in the eyes of the Lord. He's looking for a contrite heart to do that with. That's what I try to teach my children. I tell them all the time, it would be better if you just tell me the truth. And I got one kid, you know, he says the truth too many times. I'm like, stop telling your sister's. (laughs) <laughs> and then the middle one, she has a problem because she's not always, she's a little sneaky. We have to talk, tell the truth. It will always go better for you if you just tell the truth. So I want my worship before the Lord to be pure. I want my heart to be open towards him. I give him the right, Lord, search me, try me. Just, just you know, shine in my heart. Whatever you need from me, I'm gonna give it to you. That's an honesty with God. He's looking for sincerity in your heart. When you approach him, He just wants a heart that's open and sincere. Now, let me give you another way you can worship like a wise man. How many of you want to be wise men up in here? You want to worship God with wisdom? Here you go. Look at verse nine. When they heard the king, they departed. And it says the star, which they had seen in the east, went before them and it came and stood where the young child was. You probably know that, you know, when the wise men came, Jesus may have been like a toddler. That's the Greek word. One like a baby. This was at a certain time when he'd grown a little bit. And it says, when they saw the star, what'd they do? They rejoiced with exceedingly great joy. So here's a second thought I have for you. If you really want to worship God, you got to worship with gratitude. Worship the Lord with a sense of joy, rejoicing, happiness, and expectation that's in your heart. This is what we call praise and worship, and it's expressed with joy. The Bible says to let everything that has breath praise the Lord. You got breath in here this morning? Yes. Yeah, you ought to praise the Lord, man. Yeah. He is good. He's merciful. He's wonderful, isn't he? Yeah. Let's just praise the Lord and bless him, man. I love the Lord. Yeah. And yeah. the New Testament, 1 Thessalonians 5.18, it says that in everything, you ought to give thanks. It's the will of God in Christ Jesus. I love the story my grandma told me. This is the first Christmas I had without grandma. That's 43 Christmases I had with her. She lived to be 99. So grandma says that one time she was listening to one of her favorite preachers, a British man, on a cassette recorder. as she was driving from Bainville to Billings and around about the small town of Terry, Montana. She ran smack dab into a deer. And the cassette recorder that was on her seat rolled off onto the ground. And when she kind of figured out what happened, She said she heard the preacher on the cassette tape, and he quoted 1 Thessalonians 5.18. Everything, give thanks. It's the will of God in Christ Jesus. She said, ha! She said, oh yeah, God? How am I supposed to give thanks for this? And she said the Holy Spirit quickened her in her heart. And he said, you still got one headlight. You can still drive. (laughs) So she hobbled into Terry. They had to bust her out of there with like a crowbar in her ginormous, I think it was a Ford LTD, (laughs) some big old boat she was driving is always a reason to give thanks to the Lord. Worship is an expression of the gratitude that you have in your heart. And there are several ways you can worship the Lord. I think about this verse, man, we're coming with exceeding joy. You know how you can worship God? The word worship means you bow before him, kneel before him. Now, I like to do this. If I really feel like, ooh, the presence of the Lord is here, uh, I, I like to just get on my knees before the Lord. I might do it here in the service, man. I just get, get on my knees, bless him. I love to see when people respond that way. There's something about bowing before the Lord that's so worshipful. In fact, that British preacher Graham was listening to, uh, one of my favorite Anglican theologians, Derek Prince. He said one time, I'll never forget what he said, I doubt, he said, if, you, if a man has never bowed I, before the Lord, I doubt he really has a meaningful relationship with God. Yeah. There's something about bowing and submitting yourself to the Lord that it is an act of worship that touches a heart bowing before him. Sometimes if you want to rejoice, you can shout, you can sing, you can rejoice. Since I can't sing, I like to shout. And I do like to do this. I like to, if if I feel a little bounce in the house, and I love it when my wife is next to me. Because, you know, shout that man. I just bless him. I love him. I'm grateful to do that. That's, That's one way I can express my gratitude to him. I just like to shout and move a little bit. Now, sometimes, though, when the presence of the Lord shows up, you know what happens? Here's a way way you can express it. You start to tear up a little bit and cry. Mm -hmm. I don't like doing this one so much. I'm not going to lie to you. I cry occasionally, not very much. And if I do, I try to hide it, try to fight it. You know what I'm saying? And uh, yeah, I have an aunt, my Aunt Marcia. Is Aunt Marcia back over there somewhere? Poor Aunt Marcia. She cries at the drop of a hat. She gets in church services, something touches her from, and her eyes just start watering. But you know, it's not just limited to Aunt Marcia because I remember in Israel in 2013, I went with my friend Ron Snelling. He's a captain of the fire department. And and listen, Ron's not prone to cry, but his wife did get a picture of him at the Sea of Galilee, and he was tearing up (laughs) because the Lord was touching his heart. So the Lord touches you in certain ways, and you might respond, shouting, singing, clapping, bowing for him. You might even get a little tear up in your eye. Yeah, You know what happens when you feel the Lord's presence and you want to express your worship? Sometimes you do it in a spirit of gratitude, giving. Now, I like to do this as well. The wise men did this. They came, they opened up their treasures. So we worship God with tithes and offerings. It's no coincidence that when we have a tithe slider, we talk about the tithe, you like to do it. When the worship is taking place right at the end of worship, tithing is an extension of my worship. When I give offerings, I'm worshiping God. I'm extending them to them. That's why we talk about it. Tithing is a sacred act for me. I love to tithe. I love to write it out. When I I put it in the offering box, in the back, I pray over it. I love to do that. There's something about giving to God that is this extension of my worship. It touches my heart. And when the Lord moves on me to give, man, it is a blessing in my heart. I want to be able to be generous and a blessing. And it's a wonderful thing. It's a way that you can express your worship to the Lord with your finances. It's this way of saying, God, I trust you in this. You're gonna take care of me. You're gonna go before me. And I don't know about you, I'm just grateful for all the Lord has done in my life. I mean, you better be appreciative for all he's done for you. And the way you just, you express that you love him, You bow before him, you sing before him, you give to him. You might cry, but I, for one, am grateful for what God has done. How about you? Man, you better be grateful. In Pakistan, trust me, I was there. You'd be thankful you live here in America. All right, you want to worship God like a wise man? Let me give you another thought here. Verse number 11 says, When they came into the house, they saw the young child with Mary, his mother, and they fell down and worshiped him. When they opened up their treasures, someone say treasures, they presented gifts to him, gold, frankincense, and myrrh. You know what this verse speaks to me about? is excellence. When you worship God, you better worship him with excellence. That's how wise men do it. They're sincere, they're grateful, but there's a sense of excellence that comes with it. Because the beauty of this moment is eternal. It's forever etched in the Christmas story. You see it on the Christmas cards, you get And what these guys did, they opened up their treasures. They opened up their hearts to give the best that they had. You know, gold, frankincense, and myrrh was like the currency of the day. That was how you travel from Babylon all the way over to Jerusalem. Because this is what they had to be able to, you know, buy and sell, and, and they don't have gasoline for their camels, but they had to get them some water. You know, the Bible says in the book of Malachi that God does not even receive your worship if it isn't the best. He said, you want to bring... You know, crippled cows and, and sheep to me, he said, I'm not going to receive them. He wants your very best. And that is the way we worship God. You, you come with the best. That you, there's an excellence that comes with it. Uh, these excellent and expensive gifts are, are so precious because they reveal to us the nature of Jesus. There's, there's something incredible and prophetic, and the scriptures don't lie, when they mention gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. They're glorious gifts. You know, Peter, he he said when he was on the Mount of Transfiguration, that's when he, Peter, James, and John, they went with Jesus and they went on the Mount and they saw an excellent glory. They saw the Lord revealed in his radiant glory. There's excellence in these gifts, the excellence of gold. That would be the gift of a king. Jesus is the king. He's the Lord of all. And my response to his lordship in my life is for me, To submit to him. I'll tell you something. This is what God's working in my life. You know, it's a funny thing being 43. as You get older, you get closer to the Lord. You know what happens? He requires your submission more and more. And if I've learned anything, I, I come back to, all God really wants is me to submit to him. He doesn't need my opinions. He doesn't need arguments from me. What he wants is my submission. That's an act of worship. That's what you do when you're with a king. You just say, Lord, you're the king. I'm giving it to you. I'm going to submit my attitude, my will, my life. I'm going to lay it at your feet. That, that's excellence. It's the best I have to give to him. That, that's what's in this, this gift of gold. Yeah, they came with the gift of frankincense. That, that would be the gift that's given to priests. You know, uh, frankincense is an aromic sacrificial offering. And the thing about Jesus, he is your priest. He's a personal high priest for you and me. And that's what priests would do when they went into the inner court of the Holy of Holies. They had an incense that was burning, like frankincense. And what this is telling me is that Jesus is watching over me. I'm so grateful he is, man. He watches over my soul. The Bible says as a high priest, Hebrews chapter 7, he's ever living right now to make intercession for you and me. He's praying for you. And Lord knows you need some prayer in your life, isn't that true? Jesus is watching over you He's praying for you, and what he's he's praying for, what he's what he's working in your heart is the will of God in your life. And and so as someone who's watching over me, as a personal high priest of my confession, what Jesus is doing is he's prompting me. He's leading me, he's, he's pushing me to make the right decisions. He, he he might put something in my heart to follow him. He might warn me. He, he might say something to me that makes me, you know, like like grow closer to him or turn the other cheek or look at his example. That, that's his priestly ministry. He's watching over me. Yeah. And, and by the way, I like how the book of 1 John describes him. It describes him as an advocate. That, that's a defense attorney. Now, I'm grateful he's my defense attorney because I have been arrested before. I know that's my surprise, y'all. My mom cried when that happened. I never forget that. That was the hardest thing about it. I know what it's like to go before the judge. And Jesus is the one, the mediator between God and man who stands between me and the judge and works out a deal. And I'm so grateful for that. that's his priestly ministry. He's someone who's acquainted with your weaknesses. He's someone who's acquainted with your failures. He knows your frame. He remembers your dust. It's interesting being 40 something like I was telling you. Because you know, you start realizing you do have weaknesses. You start coming to grips with the fact, I could do this better. I could grow in this area. This is something I need help with. And I'm sure grateful that I have a high priest who can relate with me, who cares about me, who watches over me. And he loves me. And he's for me. He's not against me. That's the beautiful thing about his priestly ministry. That's the excellence that's in the frankincense. It's that priestly ministry. And then we get to the excellence of myrrh. This is the gift of a prophet. You know, myrrh is an incense like frankincense, but it causes your eyes to water when you smell it. That's like Jeremiah. He's called the weeping prophet. Prophets are symbolized by the weeping that they have over the sins of the people, over the nation. You know, what's interesting uh, about what the New Testament says about Jesus. Hebrews chapter one. It said God doesn't speak to us uh, through prophets anymore. It says that he speaks today through his son, through Jesus. He used to speak through prophets, but today he speaks to us through Jesus through the son, through his example, through the word of the Lord. And I like how the scriptures describe that that word. Psalm 119, the psalmist said, your word is a lamp to my feet and it's a light to my path. So his word is my guide. His word is what helps shape decisions. His word is what helps me form values and know what to do. And I've just decided that I'm gonna listen and obey what the word of the Lord tells me. I mean, he's a prophet in my life. Jesus is the the word of the Lord to me spoken in my life. I read the scriptures. I'm grateful for what it says. When the Bible says forgive, I'll turn the other cheek and forgive people. When the Bible says to honor the elderly, honor your wife, raise your children well, I take that as a word of guidance for me. When, When the scripture says to tithe, I put them first. When the Bible says seek his face and keep on seeking, and keep on knocking. Guess what? I'm going to do that. I'm going after him. I'm going to follow him. I want his word in my life. You understand Jesus, he was a prophet when he lived on the earth. That was the ministry he had. He spoke words of life. Think about the prophecies of Jesus. He warned that Jerusalem was going to be toppled over, that the temple would be torn down. And as I said, I have been there. I have seen the stones on the old streets of Jerusalem that the Romans threw down. Just like Jesus said, his words are coming to pass. His words are accurate. But right now, we have a resurrected Savior, a man in a body, glorified, risen, and sitting at the right hand of the Father, who is a priest in heaven right now for you. That's what he does. He's the high priest of your confession. And that word means of your lifestyle. He's watching over you. That's his current ministry, the present day ministry of Jesus. He was a prophet. He is a priest right now. Oh, but you know what else he is? He's a coming king. His eminent and soon return is at hand, and the stage is being set, and the king, King Jesus, is coming. That's the excellence and the beauty of these gifts, man. He's coming. Yeah. Now, the thing about the Lord, he is beautiful to behold. Beautiful. John chapter 1, verse 14. The word became flesh. That's what we celebrate at Christmas. And dwelt among us, and we beheld his glory the glory of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. Let me tell you about how glorious and beautiful Jesus is. He's he's got eyes of fire and radiance, one that will pierce your souls. He's glorious. Uh, The scripture describes him as like a bronze type of skin. And when Daniel saw him, and when the apostle John saw him, they fell at their feet like dead men because they were overwhelmed. The Ancient of Days stood before him. Hair like wool, Overwhelmed them, thought they were dead. Man, there's something beautiful about who he is. The beauty of the Lord. I like what the scripture says here in John 1.14. He is filled with grace and truth. I always find it interesting that grace is mentioned before truth. Grace and truth. You know, I, I like what the prophet Micah said, Micah 7:18. The Lord delights in mercy that's something about him. You, he, he, Man, he is so merciful. He's so good. He's so gracious to you. You understand though, because he's radiant, glorious, and beautiful, you need the grace of God just to have access into his presence. I mean, he's a holy God. And in order for you to come before the truth of, the, of who he is, you need grace extended in your life. That's a beautiful thing. That makes me want to worship how glorious he is cuz he's filled with grace and the scepter has been extended to you and me to be able to come into his presence what a glorious gracious god that we serve and he's filled with truth he he is the way he's the truth he's the life he's the god who cannot lie he's faithful and true to me and to you he speaks the words of life i'm grateful for that i was thinking back about that bedouin tent in israel man i'm laying on my back i'm listening to worship play And I'm just sitting there, and I'm half awake, half asleep. You know, it was interesting. The Lord gave me a dream that night. I'll never forget it. I've been going through something I was stressed out about. I was stressed out about preaching. And uh, I had this dream when I was in Israel. I dreamed that the Lord gave me a three-point sermon outline from the book of Luke. I'll never forget it. You know, it's a funny thing, because sometimes people make fun of preachers who have three-point sermons, three-point outlines. And I'm like, hey... I get them in dreams, all right? That's how God does it with me. I know that's, that's outside of your box, but that's how he works with me. He, he's like giving me an ability to teach the scripture. Put it in my heart and mind. Mm. It came alive in me. I'll never forget that. And I feel like the m- longer I walk with him, the more I serve him, the more that gift comes alive and active. And it's like the word of the Lord in that moment has been so true in my life. That's what he does. That's, that's who he is. That's how he operates. He, he works that way in my life. He works that way in your life. He loves you. He cares about you. He's worthy of my praise, isn't he? And he's worthy of it. How many of y'all want to worship the Lord like wise men? Mm. Man, I, I feel a longing. You know, I sense in the spirit this morning. I just feel like there's a longing on behalf of people to draw near to the Lord and want to really come before him and just worship him. Just bless him in your life in this next year, man. Just come before him. And, and, and think what that means. It means that there needs to be some sincerity in your heart and mind. A real sincerity to walk with God. That means you've got to be open and honest with him. That is what he desires. He's really not into you playing a game. He's not into you showing up at church and your heart not being here. This is the place where you can tell him your fears. You can be honest with him about your frustrations. And you get to remind him about his faithfulness in your life. How he did it before and he'll do it again. I love that about him. I get to bear my soul with him. I I tell him, hey, listen, this, this is hard on me. I'm frustrated by this. And yet I know that the Lord has the ability to bring me through things. That's why I bless him. That's why I love him. That's what makes him wonderful. If you want to come before him with worship, you got to worship him with gratitude. Thank him always, in all things, every day, in every way. And this is something God's working in me. I was in this challenging moment here this season I've been going through. And sometimes I find myself complaining and saying stupid things I shouldn't say. I had to stop myself. I, every time I might say something that was not right, I stopped myself. I was like, no, I'm going to bless the Lord. I'm going to be grateful for him. I feel gratitude's always working in my heart and mind. I'm telling you, if you could ever learn gratitude, it's like a master key that unlocks everything. It's like the password on your computer that gets you into everything. That's what gratitude would do with the Lord. You just be grateful for him. You just thank him. You just come before him. You say, Lord, I'm so thankful for all you've done for me. I'm so thankful for the thing you've worked in my life. That moves the heart of the Lord. It moves your heart. It gets you out of the funk you're in and over into the blessing of the Lord, man. And and it's coming to him with excellence. He's the beautiful man. In him are hidden all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge. All the treasures. It means everything you need in life can be found in Jesus. He's exhaustive. You can study him eternally and he'll never wear you out and you'll never get a full cap on him. He's so big. He's so glorious. He's so great. And I just want to worship him. I just felt like we should stand up this morning. Let's just worship the Lord. Just stand up in your seat right now. And just say, Lord, I want to come into your presence. I'm grateful for you. I love you. Open your heart up before him. Man, if you've got something hidden in your heart right now, maybe you're upset because you've got to go spend time with family members you don't even like. He's bringing you out of where he's brought you to. Just say, Lord, I'm, I want to come in your presence and bless you. And I want it to be like that all my days because you're glorious. And I pray right now for a super revelation of who Jesus is. I pray that that revelation of the glorious one, the savior of all, the king of kings, the Lord eternal will be so real in your life. You couldn't turn any other way. I'm telling you, it might be the reason you're half on fire for the Lord. It's because you haven't got a full glimpse of who he is. If you really got a glimpse of who Jesus is and his sovereignty and his supernatural nature, it's hard to walk away from that. That's I watch people. They sit in church. They're, not, they're just kind of drifting. It's because they haven't seen who he is. So Lord, I pray supernatural understanding. God, reveal to us who you are this Christmas season. Your beauty and your glory we could give to you an excellent nature of who you are. We give back to you. Father, I pray that in the name that's above every name I pray, the name of Jesus. Lord, we are so thankful to be in your presence, so grateful for it. Ooh, Lord, I love you. I bless you. I bless you. I bless you. I love you. I love you. <laughs> I want to just take a moment and wait on him because, you know, some of y'all never do that and you need to practice you need to see it done. <laughs> so, Lord, I just thank you. Just take a moment and wait. I know you got stuff going on today. Just take a moment and wait. Just say, Lord, look at my heart. Look at my heart. I want, to, I want to open it up to you. Every hidden thing, every secret thing. Mm. Mm, it's open before you right now. It's open before the Lord, the, K- the King Eternal. I'm giving you my heart right now. I'm opening up my treasure before you. Mm. I just thank you I thank you and I love you Mm. man oh man oh man God is good Mm. Boy, I feel like in spite of all this going on in the world the Lord's going to be with you and bless you in greater ways than you can imagine if you'll stick with him if you'll worship him I was thinking about one of my favorite Christmas songs it's called, I Wonder As I Wander. That was written in 1933 by a man from Kentucky. I wonder as I wander out under the sky how Jesus the Savior did come forth to die for poor, ornery people like you and like I. I wonder as I wander out under the sky. Such an amazing story. Jesus was born to die for you and me. That is the message of Christmas. For poor Ornery people like you and like I, like the family members you're about to go hang out with. No, I'm teasing, I'm teasing. <laughs> But that is the message of redemption. He was born to save us from our sin. That's why he came. And, and he listened, in a crowd like this, man, there's somebody here on who may be in right with the Lord. And you might be ornery. That's called having a sin nature. It means you're not right with the Lord. You might be wondering as you wander through life. I got an answer for you. His name is Jesus. And wandering and not right. You're ornery and angry. I want you to put a hand up. I want to pray with you. Wow. Oh, I see those hands. Yeah, I see that hand. Yeah. All right. I want you to do something. I want you to just pray with me. Say, Father, forgive me of my sin. And I pray, Lord, for your grace and mercy to come into my life. I can walk with you in purity and holiness. Draw me close to you. I receive your forgiveness. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. And if you prayed that prayer, I saw it. and you're sincere, I would love to come meet with you. I'd love to talk to you, pray with you after the service here. love to get you to know you. I, I think there's great things ahead for you. May I just feel God's goodness. If you want taste to taste and see the Lord is good, you know what you got to do? Come before him with an open heart, man. I love the Lord. I just thank you. I just thank you. Now, I want to pray. Uh, Listen, I'm going to dismiss here in a minute. I want to pray for my boy Donovan. I saw you put your hand up. Can you come down here, Donovan? And bring your mom with you, Donovan Kathy. Now, I want you to do something for me. Donovan's like all of us, he goes through struggles up and down. But I want you to reach a hand out to him. We're going to pray. I want to pray that the Lord gets, because I feel like Donovan's carrying the call of the Lord. He's got such a sensitive heart to the things of God. So I want you to reach a hand out and pray over this man. Because I feel, Donovan, I feel like your best days are ahead. You feel like the Lord's written you off. He has not. I want to pray that you step into the plan, the call of God for your life fully. Does that make sense? Yeah. Reach your hand out to him. Father, in the name of Jesus over this man, look at your shirt. I'll do it. I'll do it. I'll do what the Lord said. So I pray over him. God, I pray destiny. What I pray would begin this Christmas. Father, I thank you. You've called this man from before the foundations of the world. And I pray, Lord, that he walks with you in a pure way, a a holy way. Mm, I pray, Lord, that that first love, that you get a hold of his heart in a way like you haven't before. I pray, God, for a a will and a desire in this man to seek you and serve you and go after you all the days of his life. Mm. I feel just great compassion. The Lord loves you so much. You don't know how much he loves you, man. He loves mama. The Lord loves you. You know that? I don't know that you do know how much he loves you. He loves you with all his heart. He loves you, cares about you. Got a plan for you. So, Father, I just thank you for the blessing of Lord this home. I bless them in Jesus' name. I thank you, Father, for the purpose of God upon them. I prayed over them in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Amen. Thank you for letting me pray with you. I love you all. I'm proud of you all. God's got great things ahead. Amen. Amen. All right. Five o'clock tonight, man. We got Christmas. (laughs) It's gonna be a great time. We got kids, and I guarantee you some kid will make a mistake. I'm hoping it's mine. I'm hoping I get it on film. (laughs) And then we get to light up them candles, which is like my favorite thing, man. I love lighting candles, singing carols. So we'd love to see you at 5 o'clock. God bless you all. Enjoy those safe trips home. Be with your family. We love you. Merry Christmas.